to Expounded Universe, Season 4, Episode 8, The Star Eugenics Wars. The book, The Courtship of Princess Leia, by Dave Wolverton. The year, 1995. Chapters 17 and 18. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. Hi, I'm the Herbs and Spices Kid. Take it down a notch, Han. If you leave Starbucks there, he's going to eat that millennial kiss. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bees, hey, bees, hey, bees. Yo, baby, poop, bitches, I got it. <laughs> Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast where John is trying to convince me I did the introduction wrong, even though I didn't. He's over there just, <laughs> just shaking his head at me, disappointed. Yeah. Are you also just disappointed in me in general? Well, I'm mostly just disappointed in life. Oh, okay. So it's not me in particular. No, not uh, you in particular. But me as well. <laughs> but also you, yes. Predominantly you. I mean, you are in the path of my disappointment. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So what do we do here on Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast? Why, we discuss expanded universe novels in a podcast. Oh, that's right. Thank you for reminding me. I forgot. I thought this was a different show. Oh, no. It's the same show. Shoot, I didn't do my homework. I, I Much like on System Master, I didn't bother to read the book, John. What do I do now? <laughs> well, now you just bullshit and let me cover for you. Perfect. <laughs> now, unless you also didn't read the book, in which case it's hot dog day. Ooh, hot dog day. Is today the day? Is today the day we get hot dogs? I think it might be. It might be Hot Dog Day. It might be Hot Dog Day. You might be wondering what that was all about, but you see here on the show, every day we have to drive by a KFC slash Taco Bell to get to anything that's reasonable. Uh, It's the thing that's on the road when we're on our way to good food. And every time we pass by, I ask John if today's the day that he compromises his principles and eats KFC and Taco Bell. It is never the day. It hasn't happened yet. No. Someday. I am... 99% 99% certain that it will never be the day. Mm-hmm. There might come a day when I lose my principles and decide to settle for Taco Bell, mm-hmm. but it is not this day. Is it also the day? What about KFC, though? Eh. Why would I go to KFC? We got plenty of better chicken. I could go to Crispy Crunchy Chicken. It's true. We do have a very tasty little place called Crispy Crunchy Chicken very nearby. Yeah. So, there you go. All right. Well, anyway, it wasn't the day. It is, however, the day that we read chapters 17 and 18 of The Courtship of Princess Leia by Dave Wolverton from the year 1995, featuring Chewbacca in the background. (laughs) Just real heavy featuring Chewbacca in this book. (laughs) I feel like he only contributed a guest verse, so he has to get that feat Chewbacca in the name of the book. (laughs) FT Chewbacca. FT Chewbacca, FT Massive Wayne. (laughs) Yes. Indeed. So, at the beginning of Chapter 17, I believe we wake up in a cave. Oh, yeah. So, Chapter 17 is going to be all Isolder business from his point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's waking up. Well, he's already actually woken up. He's That's making right. eggs. He's cooking up reptile eggs. They're rubbery and tasteless. Yay, reptile eggs. So, he's got a pan of reptile eggs going. And the first of what's going to be many descriptions of Tenennial's casual disregard for sexual mores... Uh, begins as she awakens and casts aside her her uh, sleepy sleep outfit in exchange for random nudity. Ah, yes. This book is, you know, not great on a lot of fronts mm-hmm. here, but man, specifically these two chapters that we've got to talk about are 
real heavy on that male gaze for Tenennial. Poor Tenennial gets, I mean, it's not like it's a big thing. It's supposed to be showing that she's from a society that's, you know, uh, casually dominated by women and therefore uh, female nudity is just a thing and not a thing that needs to be like expressly protected by the by the uh, patriarchy or whatever. Uh, but really, it doesn't read that way. It reads as, I put in a hot 18-year-old. Let's have her get her boobies out. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be one thing if you had this story and the point of view was one of the people that was from the society who would be like, yeah, and she was naked and it didn't matter, like, whatever, it's just what happens. Instead, and, it's titillating. Yeah, but every time you have it from, like, the point of view of Isolder or Luke or Han, and they're always like, hey, get a load of that one. Yeah, and then they start pounding on the table and their eyes pop out of their head and form beating heart shapes. Yeah, it's... It's just not good. No. I mean, especially also- in this one, because Isolder, when she like gets up and goes to get dressed, he's sitting there like, you know, she's not the prettiest I've ever seen, but, oh, she's got all the right junk in all the right places. Mm. Ooh, she's not quite a lifter's body or a swimmer's body. Ooh, baby, yeah, she's got a weird physique, and I love it. Well, he basically gets around to guessing. He's like, do you climb often? And she's like, yes, I, I enjoy climbing. And he's like, ah, I figured that out by staring at your groin area. <laughs> I just kept staring at you, unblinking for the past five minutes, and now I know. You have the labia of a climber. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta get your extra grip somewhere. <laughs> so so she basically wanders around naked briefly, but then gets dressed in her lizard robes or whatever, uh, and then the two of them are basically talking, and she's like, you know, you're pretty handsome, but I sure wish you were Luke instead of a shitty commoner who doesn't fucking matter. Oh, yeah. She's like, you know, good for you on being sexy and all, but it's too bad you're a piece of shit. And, yeah. then, she, and then she just kind of walks over and grabs him and kisses him, just to, I guess, to see what that would be like or oh, something. Yeah. Well, she, you know, according to her, he is her property, so yeah. she's just kind of like, well, yeah. you know, I may as well check out the goods while I'm here. I guess that's true, yeah. She she uh, mouthed her, her gift horse in the mouth, apparently. <laughs> she mouthed her gift horse in the mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, it turns out that, that uh, she's basically talking about how she wishes she owned Luke because Luke's way better because he's a magic sky witch. Yeah, and I like, I'm going to say this, I do at least like Isolder's internal monologue where he's like, you know, up until this point, no one has ever called me a commoner because I'm basically, like, the most important male in all of my society. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, I've been around a bunch of fucking witches and wizards for the past two days, and, yeah, I'm pretty much a piece of shit compared to these people. Yeah, no, he's... It's weird how once we get down to uh, Dathomir, uh, Isolder switches from kind of a charming Lothario sky pirate kind of... Guy, guy whose name is probably Mantonio, in, in like if he was on Earth, to just sort of a regular Star Wars adventurer. Yeah, he gets, like, I mean, obviously, you're going to get a little humbled if you see a dude float down from space and save your life. You're like, oh, yeah, I live in a setting with, with fucking space wizards. Right. I forgot. He doesn't even care about, like, Jedi before he ended up on Dathomir, because even then he still had a private army following him around all the time full of sex Amazons. Well, also... Like, Hapes was a big no-force culture as well. Yes. Like, they just weren't all about it. So, you know, it's not like he'd grown up and be like, ah, yes, people with the force. I understand. I get it. Anyway, eventually Luke shows up and eats some of the eggs, and then he's like, all right, everybody, let's get going. And then Tenennial does not eat the eggs. Ah, Tenennial, eat the eggs. Eat the eggs, Tenennial. 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 Eat the eggs. 
eat the eggs, please. <laughs> for, for charity tonight, you'll eat the eggs. <laughs> Come on, Guy Fieri prepared these lizard eggs for you. <laughs> guy Solder. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy prepared these eggs. <laughs> Diners, drive-ins, and endless dynasties with Guy Solder. Uh, okay, so, yeah, they, they go for a nice walk. Yep. And they make their way to uh, the Singing Mountain Clan tribe, which we, we would remember as the place where Han and Leia are currently. Yes. Uh, and they are immediately accosted by tons and tons of, of, of uh, rad witches. Yeah. Just a ton of super radioactive witches. Yeah. <laughs> Ogwin's there. You remember her as the, the uh, lady who kind of runs the Singing uh, Mountain Clan? And she's like, okay, what's up with this? You brought two dudes into camp. What's going on? And, and she's like, this guy is a magic sky witch, and no one can lay claim to him. This other one is my property. I claim him. Yeah. Like, look, everybody, I brought you a wizard, as we were foretold. Mm -hmm. Also, this sex guy. Yeah. My sex guy. Now, to be to be real honest here, what basically happens is every woman in town runs in and immediately starts acting like drunk women at a, at a male strip review. Oh, yeah. Because if Solder gets into town and everyone's like, ooh, baby, take it off. Check the pressure in my bell valve. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. They just get real... Real excited and kind of handsy. I do kind of like the one who just walks right up and says, let me show you where my bed is. Hey, you. Hey. Fuck me. In case you were looking to fuck someone later, this is where I sleep. <laughs> just, you know, swing on by. Yeah. So, Ogwin's basically no nonsense about it. She's like, all right, well, you've caught yourself a slave. Congratulations. You were quite lonely, as I recall. Uh, anyone here object to the fact that she caught this slave properly? And he's like, I, I do. A gorsh. <laughs> like he's not thinking. Okay, I don't. I, I guess I could play along with this dumb culture, but the instant I get near a spaceship, fuck this. Yeah. So instead, he's like, oh, I do. I want to. I'm going to make a fuss about this. Oh, which guys. is which is dumb. But luckily, out comes Leia, who's yeah. like, uh, uh, yeah, you guys can't have him as a slave. He. You remember how you can't have Han as a slave because he saved my life. Uh, this oh, guy. I, oh, yeah, she does it for Luke because they're like, ooh, you're gonna get. Luke, huh, today? And she's like, ah, I don't think so. And Leia's like, nah, he saved my life. Uh -huh. And then they're like, okay, well, what about this guy? I object. Yeah, he also saved my life as well. And Ogwin's just kind of spin. I love this, because Ogwin throws some serious shade at her. Ogwin spins around and just kind of cocks her head at her, like, are you seriously going to claim that every new guy that came to town saved your life? Because I can't deal with this. <laughs> or do, are you just so shitty that when you're in space, dudes are just saving your life 100% of the time? Yeah, she's like, wow, you must have a real dangerous life if everyone saved it. Jeez. <laughs> she's, I mean... Uh, She's not wrong. All three of these people have saved her life, but no thanks to the books. Her life needs saving a awful lot more than you'd think. Yeah, and also, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where you could say, well, yeah, but she's also saved their lives and things like that. But it's it, for Ogwin, at least, it very much is because normally you would have to, like, contest the right for a dude and, you know, people could try and, like, fight or buy them off of you unless they've saved your life. So it's basically like every time someone comes in, like, look what I found, dibs. Dibs, I had dibs. Yeah. Dibs on it. And you're like, dude, you can't keep doing this. Yeah. Oh, I saw that yesterday. I touched, I, I licked him. It was mine. It was mine. I got it. Yeah. And she's like, you're new here. You can't do this. You get one. <laughs> you have been pissing everyone off. You get the one you came in with. Mm -hmm. They got found. Yeah. These two are open season and there's nothing you can do about it. But Luke's completely, you know, uh, immune to all of this because he's a Jedi. No one's, oh, yeah. no one's going to get past that nonsense. Luke's like, sorry, I am the prophesied wizard you've been waiting for, so. Hi there, Gandalf Graham. <laughs> I am here exactly when I choose to be. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I guess 
Take me to your old ladies. An ill wind, you call me. Laugh spell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, you know, I do also really like this scene just because, uh, you know, Leia eventually has to be like, well, he might not have saved my life. He might have been saving his own life and I was incidentally there. And Ogwin's like, good, now shut up. I do like the (laughs) thank you for your honesty that she gives her. Like she's a school principal or something. Good. Now I'm going to turn around and... You know, whoever took his soldier, go ahead and put him on the desk. <laughs> so, but uh, also, so, there's the whole thing where, like, his soldier and Luke are kind of like, uh, like, what, what do we do? Like, what's the rules on this? I mean, I, I guess according to them, they did capture me, but, like, what are we going to do about it? And I like that Leia turns to Luke and is like, can't you, I don't know, space wizard something? And he's like, you're the fucking ambassador. You take care of it. Yeah, there's a lot of, of Luke throwing out some serious, quit relying on the Jedi stuff here. Oh, yeah. The, and I do like at least that he goes, look, I have no idea what the fuck law is. I'm a weird space hermit. You have studied for this. Take care of your shit. Yeah. So, uh, that's one reunion out of the way, but we still have a few more to cover. Not Chewbacca's. He's obviously off playing Wookiee Clicker. We don't see him at all. Oh, no. Chewbacca does not really get a reunion with any... Everyone is more happy to see fucking R2 than anyone is happy to see fucking Chewbacca. Yes. Yeah. Now, let's, the moment Isolder sees Leia, he kind of snaps back into his old persona, where he's like, ah, my love, I shall protect you. Ugh. And she's like, I'm clearly in a higher position than you at the moment. Just shut up, you. Please, and please he's be like, quiet. Very good. I will be chivalrous in the background. He's like, ah, what, where did the accent come from? You lost that. <laughs> it was fine. And he's you like, were so good for a minute you were there. You were doing fine. Anyway, we have to do the Han reunion, which is... They they take them to see where the Falcon is. The Falcon's walled up inside of a giant room in like cave room to block electromagnetic searches and so on. And it took Rancor's days to drag it here. Yeah. Uh, and and Han is hanging out and getting some work done. And Luke, God, this this scene, Luke, where Luke pops up and he's like, Han, we need to have a conversation, buddy. And Han's like, Oh yeah, all right. Let me guess. You want to talk about how I convinced my girlfriend politely to come with me to a planet? Where I had no idea there were going to be Imperials, and I had no idea I'd have to get in a crash, and I had no idea there'd be Rancors and Witches and stuff. So, yeah, by all means, ask me your dumb question, shitface. And, and Luke's response isn't, you didn't convince her to come willingly, you shot her with a rape gun. Yeah, you, uh... You breezed right past the rape gun part, you dick. You kidnapped my sister you locked and her. took her to a planet that you did know had Imperials, you fuck. Yeah, and you didn't convince her willingly or you wouldn't have had to hide her in the cargo hold of your ship yeah not the cargo hold i'm sorry that's just a big open room i meant the smuggling compartments you know the sleeping bag sized areas with no lights in them where her oxygen was running out and remember how you just a second ago told me that that was that you politely convinced her to come with you on a vacation huh yeah i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna kill you (laughs) (laughs) it's it's time for you to get fucking dead the only reason i haven't murdered you already is you're the only one who's gonna fix this ship yeah and and what luke says instead of all of that which would have been reasonable calling han on his bullshit shit is i have r2 I brought R2 with me. And then he soldiers like, are we going to have to have a cool fight? No. Okay. And that was all, that's all it really boils down to. It was, it was sad because for a second there, I was like, oh good. I really want Luke to fucking lay into Han and be like, you ultimate douche. Yeah. It was the one, it was like the last chance in the book for one character to call that bullshit what it was. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, Leia kind of called him out when she woke up, mm-hmm. but everyone else has been 
fairly light on him. Yeah, like Isolder's not going to go after him for the rape gun. He's, if anything, he's grumpy that he didn't think of it. Oh yeah, I mean he's like, oh yeah, that's true. We do come from a society where that's just a thing we have. I mean that was a hapen rape gun. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Lord knows, I've used them constantly. And <sighs> this it, was the one shot. It the, was so close. Yeah, for Luke to be like, hold on, hon, let's. Let's dissect your bravado real quick, because the first thing you said was you politely convinced your kidnap victim. Uh, no, you didn't. Yeah. No. No, the fact that he tries to turn around and be like, look, man, I've had a real rough week of it. Yeah. I don't need your complaints. And I'm like, oh, don't you go, it's been a rough week. The only reason it's been a rough week is because you are a fucking piece of shit. Yes. Oh, God. So... At this point, we do get a confrontation between Han and Isolder that Leia has to break up, where he's like, you kidnapped her, and in the middle of our whole thing, you kidnapped her and ran off to an Imperial-controlled planet. You nearly got her killed. I'm, I'm going to beat your face in. And Leia steps in and is like, no, I went with him willingly. And I was like, no! No, you didn't! Yeah. <laughs> you just say, don't beat him up, because I don't want you to beat him up, not lie to him about how you came here on your own volition. Yeah, no, that was... That was real rough when she was like, "Oh no, it was, it was, it was mutual. It was fine. I want, I wanted to go." And I'm like, "Don't. I know you're trying to stop these two idiots from beating each other up, but for the love of God, don't, don't then just make it so Han gets to be like, yeah, see, she wanted to. Yeah, I definitely didn't use and then break your rape gun. Ugh, ugh, ugh. It just, just makes you dirty feeling." Anyway, we're not quite done here before they set off for because the next plan is they're going to go to Gethzerion's prison, which is like an old Imperial prison that Gethzerion, the evil force which has taken over. Uh, they're going to go there and like liberate parts so they can fi fix the Falcon and get the hell off the planet. Yeah, they still need some sort of power converter or some shit. Yeah, I, they mention what it is. It's like a shielding unit or something. That's, that's the thing that's specifically broken. Yeah. Uh, and there aren't enough of them on Isolder's ship, but that does lead to the big Isolder test moment. Where he's like, hey, uh, I have a ship. And Han's like, oh, what, what kind of ship is it? And he's like, it, it's a two-seat fighter. It's a, it's a two-seat fighter. And Han goes, oh, good. Take Leia and get the hell off the planet. And, and he's like, oh. Well, Luke has to be like, he's lying to you. It's a one-seat fighter. That was just a test. And, and, and the soldier's like, and you have passed the test. And I was like, no, you both failed the test. No one asked with Leia if she wants to be taken off planet to rescue her at the moment. Yeah. And even then, that exact time, fucking Han goes... All right, well, Leia, get in the ship and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and Leia's like, like, fuck you. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I'm the only one keeping these fucking witches from just turning you into slaves. Will you please shut up? Yeah, stop it. And he's like, no, I have to rescue you because you're the princess. Ah, uh, uh, these two assholes. These two assholes. Uh, not, not for nothing, but a little bit of this is blowing back on Leia. Take some fucking stock. Yeah. Just tell them to shut up at this point. They will. Ugh. Ugh. Ugh, my and, hatred. And her plan, her whole, she's still kind of going, ooh, well, that one's kind of handsome, and that one's sure being patriotic. Like, she has a little bit of common sense here that's shining through, but a lot of it is still like, ooh, two boys. Can it be possible for me to fall in love with every boy? <laughs> well, according to the EU, yes. Ugh, so, Ugh. we have to talk about the plan. They're going to go to Gethzerion's thing and find the shit or whatever. They're going to take some rancors. And before they can go, they have to talk to an old, old, old ass Jedi lady. Yeah, so Ogwin's like, yo, uh, Luke, your coming was foretold and uh, our very old, old ass lady 
who sees the future needs to talk to you and your apprentice, so I guess that means they sold her. Yeah, why not? They go to take her, and they're like, oh, yeah, she's 300 years old. She just hasn't died because the force won't let her. And I'm just sitting there Ugh. going like, oh, fuck, that is, that's just a sad time. Is that what happened to Yoda? <laughs> nah, man, Yoda, Yoda lives, I think, his species for a long goddamn time. Yeah, yeah, with 900 years old, they reach, look yeah. as good, they do not, because they die. Yeah, because they're dead. Yeah. I mean, they might look as good. But maybe they're from a species where when they die, they look great. Oh, like they yeah. Keep it, it's just like a Benjamin Button thing, but you're not alive. <laughs> that weird Benjamin Button thing where you, you age up. And then you age down. But when you're aging down, you're dead. Oh, yeah. It's, you decompose it, by turning into a younger version of yourself. Uh-huh. That's that's what that's how Yoda's species work. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they, they meet her. It, it, I'm a little confused by what's going on with this lady, because what we're originally told is, like, Tenaniel tells us, basically, that the Chunthor crashed on this planet, and there was one Jedi woman who wasn't even on the Chunthor. She was banished separately to the planet, and she raised... Uh, like some Jedi children of her own, but but all of them like died when they were like six, when they were like sixteen or something. So everyone on the planet has never been off planet. This is a, an entirely fresh generation of Jedi women raised cargo cult style by people who were never raised by other Jedi off planet. But the first thing she goes is, "How's Yoda, that little flirt?" And I'm like, "What? What the fuck was? When did she meet Yoda? She was born here and spent her whole life here." Yeah, well, uh, it's because her whole thing is. I've got weird, like future and past. It doesn't. You powers. can't. Doesn't matter how far in the past you can back, back. You can see if you never met Yoda back there. Well, it doesn't. Oh, matter. I can see four hundred years ago to when I wasn't born yet, and Yoda wasn't here. Hey, Luke saw a Bespin, and he had never been there, so eat a dick. <laughs> but her power is so specific. No, it isn't. It's I can see through time. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, but enough to know. Bite enough, me. But she's so conversational about it. The suggestion from her conversation is, "I used to flirt with Yoda." Nah, I think she just knows that F Yoda was a flirt. She knows. She, she knows. knows when when Yoda was like six hundred. He was always like pinching asses and being like, "Yeah." Well, yeah. I mean, basically, even at the age he is when you meet him, he's already kind of the panty grabbing old master from like an anime stereotype. Oh yeah, he's he's <laughs> one hundred a uh, Roshi. Yeah, one hundred one hundred. He's so old. <laughs> Want panties? I do. Mm -hmm. Or help you? I will not. <laughs> uh, uh, just give him your panties. Mm, bleeding my noses. <laughs> <laughs> large bead of sweat I have <laughs> from the back of the head. So, yeah, she basically, from touching either of them, gets this weird flood of information. So, like, she touches Luke, and she's like, oh, hey, Luke Skywalker, I know who you are. I know your whole deal. Uh, thanks for showing up. We used to hang out on the Chunthor, she tells him. So I, I guess that her, her uh, past and future vision are pretty muddly. I guess. Because she like thinks that he used to be on the on Thor and that the two of them have been well acquainted. Yeah. She's uh, got a weird like integration with the past and the future where even shit that she's, I mean, like we were saying, she's not a part of, she still feels like she's a part of it because mm -hmm. I think the force has just been fucking her brain for 200 years. Mm -hmm. Just keeping her alive. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish we had thrown in some of the dialogue about this for Yoda, you know, like, like, mm, mine. Also, I met an old lady once on a random planet, maybe. I don't remember. Mm. Mm. Panties she did, she had. Well, I mean, it's possible because he did say he tried to go liberate the Chaunthor, but mm. the witches repelled them, which means at that point there was at least a generation of witches there. That, that is true. They were repelled by the witches, so 
Hmm. Yeah. That's... So, so yeah, it is possible that Yoda came down, met this, at the time, young lady. Yeah, flirted with her a whole bunch. Flirted with her, and then took off because the other witches repelled them. Your John Thor I will liberate. John Thor mm. virginity means yes. Mmm. <laughs> in that John Thor, let me get. <laughs> Just jump up in that John Thor. Mmm. <laughs> smash, I will. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, but she also tells. Which is. me not by my size. A grower, not a shower, I am. <laughs> do it or do not do it. Mmm. <laughs> 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 anyway, that's my sex Yoda. That's sex Yoda. Good times. Uh, okay. When she meets uh, Isolder, she's like, oh, Isolder. That's Pleasure. weird. That's I weird. I thought you were dead yeah. by Gethzerian's hand. I guess you haven't been to the prison yet because you're alive. And he's like, well, that's fucking troubling. Oh, well, goddammit. Th- thanks. <laughs> Golly, I sure am glad I came here. Yeah. And he's very straightforward about it because Leia's not within line of sight, so he's not acting like a fucking dildo. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she's like, yeah, you you die real soon. And he's like, ah, dang. Ah, dang. Ah, dang. Ah, jeez. Ah, gosh, guys. Golly gee. Willikers, Luke. C- crime netly. I don't want to go on the space mission. <laughs> Luke at least gets to, like, comfort him and be like, look, man, future sight is always just a thing that could happen. It's not set in stone. Look, that lady's crazy as shit. I was never on the Chon Thor. Except for like two days ago when I was poking around the outside of it with you. Yeah. Except maybe later in this book he goes back in time. Ooh, I don't believe so, but sure, yeah, why I not? I don't think so either, yeah. but you know. <laughs> anyway, that's a fun little detour, and now it's time for us to get some rancors and go off on an adventure time. Yay! So next chapter is we- mostly, I think, from Leia's point of view. Which, thank God. But we pick a couple of rancors, we get Tosh the Rancor. Yeah. She's the leader of these she, rancors. She's the old brood mother. Yeah, the old sow. And it turns out that it fucking sucks to ride a rancor. Yeah, as, well, as that old gray rancor just ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. It turns out it's never fun to ride any rancor, because you have to ride them on the back of their heads. Yeah, and either they're standing up straight and have a weird lope that will kind of like shake you loose, mm-hmm. or they're on all fours and just you're bouncing up and down and trying to hold on for dear life. And it's such a huge gate that it's like riding a roller coaster that never stops. Yeah. Because they're bouncing like 30 feet in the air with every step and then coming crashing right back down. They are not fun to ride. No. Uh, so each Rancor holds two, and that means that what we get is an elaborate four fucking pages or so of, I want to sit with Leia. Oh, I'll trick you into sitting with Chewbacca. Oh, I snuck around while you were busy talking and sat next to Leia, and then I showed her this thing you fold to see who your true love will be. This was another scene where I had high hopes for Luke, because it starts out and... They're like, all right, everyone's going to kind of get on some rancors. And, you know, we strapped the two droids down to one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leia got on one. And Han's like, ooh, I'm going to get on that rancor with Leia. And Luke comes up and he's like, hey, can I can I be on this rancor instead of you? And I, for a brief instant while reading, was like, oh, he's going to be like, can I be on this rancor instead of you? Because you're a kidnapping piece of shit and I don't want you near my sister. Mm-hmm. But instead it was, I don't want to sit next to Tenennial. She's a girl. Yeah, he kind of tries to pass it off as I haven't seen Leia in a while and I'd really like to catch up with her. 
But what he's actually saying is, don't make me sit next to this 18-year-old. Because in the just the last chapter, Isolder had to watch her get dressed again. And he was like, ooh, look at that. And she, because I forgot about this. Remember when she like tries robes on? Oh, yeah. In front of Isolder? And she's like, so which one of these outfits do you think he'd like? And he's sitting there going, I'm going to have a hard time not dreaming about your ass tonight. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, she sits there and gives herself a little sponge bath. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ooh, baby. Ugh. That's twice in that chapter where he has to look at her naked and think about her naked. Yep. Okay. Well, just I mean, it's not like it's the worst thing. No. It's not the worst thing in this book. It's so it's so much not the worst thing that we just jumped right to the worst thing and stuck with it. Yeah. But but, uh, uh, but anyway, Luke has to sit with Tenennial, and he's like, ew, she might have star cooties. <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm getting a real don't Minox? stand so close to me <laughs> vibe out of Luke right now. He's like, I can't. I can't go over there. You know my rules. No falling in love with creepy girls. <laughs> no falling in love with weird ladies from other planets. Minox in her vagina? It's more likely than you think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh, dig up dinosaur bones? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, eventually Han is just like, no. No, I want to sit as the Leia. And Isolder takes this opportunity where the two of them are having a dumb argument to just go, scamper, 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 whoop, oop, looks like I'm up here. I kind of want Leia to be like, get the fuck off of here, go ride with Han, I'm going to sit with my brother. Yeah. But again, she's just like, ooh, a handsome man for a couple of minutes until they get annoying. Yeah. It's, oh, fucking goddamn This it. is the worst because this is just the beginning. The next like three pages are just descriptions of Han and Isolder poking at each other like kindergarten school children for hours of, of the entire day of their travel. Yeah. Now, uh, I should mention here, they're not headed to the uh, prison right away. No, they're going to a cave they, where a lady named Baruka lives. Yeah, the whole thing is they don't know anything about the prison, mm-hmm. and they need someone who does, and the only one who would is someone who used to be a night sister and there just so happens to be one who is a forsaken because they're like look until you get over your whole dark side shit uh you got to not be in our society yeah and they warn they warn the travelers leading to go there all, all of our our cast to be that careful their potions are too powerful for yeah, them travelers yeah, they can't they their potions would kill them yeah uh no they they warn them that this lady this night sister baruka they meet might not be safe to be around because she's super grumpy about not being a night sister anymore they tell her that there's going to be a lot of baruka salt uh I mean, I would be more angry if I hadn't also thought that while reading it. <laughs> I mean, later on, I was going to be like, oh, man, she wants a feast. She wants a bean feast. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of the band from the 90s, because when we did that RPG, it was all breeders and cannibal jokes and stuff. So Veruca Salt, to me, is just right in there with them. Yeah, no, it's it's only fucking Willy Wonka for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Baruch Assault is is, awa- is awaiting them, maybe. She actually doesn't know they're coming. Yeah. So, uh, like like Jeff was saying, the the trip out there, uh, mother of God, the, like, we get some business about how difficult it is to, you know, be on the back of a Rancor and how, you know, this would be an impossible journey if it wasn't for Rancors because there's all these ridiculous, like, underbrush that you couldn't get through and these chasms and whatnot yeah and, and how rancors can like just stick their claws right into stone and kind of go right down the hi- uh, hill and pop right back up the other side like it was no big deal so they can go up and down canyons and while mentioning this they're going down one of these little chasms and 
Han's the, rancor disgorges a stone. Yeah, Han is from the above side of the them yeah. as they're climbing down, and Han's rancor, like, a bit of stone comes off of the wall and falls down, and it falls near Isolder. And Isolder turns around and assumes that Han has been trying to kill him now. And he's like, are you trying to kill me? Because that won't work. I'll kill you if you come between me and my lady. And he's and Han can't just go... Dude, I'm riding a fucking giant monster. It, it, I don't do what it's. Ha- I, I don't control its giant weird paws. Yeah, this ain't a fucking mech. I wasn't like, hey, Rancor, grab that stone and throw it at Isolder. Yeah, he was climbing down and a rock came loose. Chill your shit. Yeah, it said he has to be like, I'll show you, Isolder. Oh, Isolder, if uh, I were meant to kill you, wouldn't have missed. Yeah, it, but it, you know, he doesn't say the obvious thing. He just dances along with the spirit of it. Everyone's very game when it comes to this particular improv session. Yeah, fucking. So, <laughs> but this, this is this leads to the two of them just being snipey, catty little bitches at each other. Yeah, because Leia's like, look, he isn't trying to kill you. I mean, he did call you slime, but I think that's as far as it's going to go. Yeah. He called me slime? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Isolder's like, oh, well, you called him, like, a horrible, rough piece of shit, and then he said you were slime, and you're like, oh, how dare he? I'm like, oh, come on. This Don't. leads to Isolder... While they're riding along in some deep water where the Rancor is like almost completely underwater, Isolder whips his reins of the for the Rancor so that it splashes Han. Like like it literally splashes him. Well they He puts his Rancor so that it bumps into the other Rancor and he's like, uh, yeah, how do you like that? I'm gonna try and like water polo check you. And then they get into like a slap fight where he slaps the reins out of Han's hands. Yeah. He's like, eh, yeah. yeah. And they splashed each other. It's just fucking awful. And he's like, that wasn't me. There's all kinds of slime creatures here on the planet. And Han immediately is like, ah, he knows I called him slime. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and then Tenennial just does her little song, and a giant water spout goes up and splashes the two of them. And she's like, will you two idiots fucking chill? Yeah. And Leia's like, Thank you, Tenennial, instead of what she should have said, which is, you two fucking knock it off 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Because instead, she's just walking along going like, well, whichever one of them wins this dumb fight is the one that gets to put their dick in me. I guess I that's how that works. That's the game I'm, I'm involved in. Yep. And I guess Tenennial's spell slaps her out of her dumb reverie. Yeah, I guess she gets splashed with some water and is like, oh, yeah, that's right. These guys are idiots. I hate these two. I fuck, what, what am I doing? Ugh. So, <sighs> he sold her... This is this is the part that scares me. Among other things, Leia is completely stuck w- with three PO's song in her head at this point. Yes. So she's walking around going Han Solo, what a man Solo in her in her head for some reason. Yeah, like that's very sticky. But also when 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 uh, Isolder's like he called me slime, she's like, so what are you saying? Are you saying that the King of Corellia is way way worse than the Prince of Hapes? And you're like, don't buy into that shit, Leia. He's not the fucking king of Corellia. He is the you king of nothing. Stop he, this. Stop. Don't don't get don't make it worse. Because she's not being ambassadorial at that point. She's just trying to get a rise out of Isolder. Oh yeah. She's just making it worse. Yeah. Why? Why are we doing this? Uh, so they splash each other for a long time until they get drenched, and then they ride in sullen, grumpy silence for a while. <laughs> 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 And Chewbacca is not checked in with it all. He's, no, he's Chewbacca sitting... laughs when Han gets splashed. Is like, ha, ha, idiot, and then goes back to whatever he was doing. Yeah, 
Like, uh, that's as much as we get out of Chewbacca. That's the entirety of Chewbacca's participation in this chapter. Luke, meanwhile, has just been sort of spinning off Jedi aphorisms and stuff to uh, Tenennial for quite a long time. I, I assume at this point it's not because he wants to teach her cool Jedi stuff, but rather because if he just keeps babbling on about old Jedi theory, he doesn't have to engage with a girl. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's the Jedi version of thinking about baseball. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, oh, just keep thinking about uh, Jedi aphorisms. Yeah, or the the I'm on a bad date, so I'm definitely going to start talking about something boring to keep the keep the temperature down. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, my thesis statement was on z- uh, uh, zinnia, the flower. Yeah, yeah, very in- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh... dig up dig up dinosaur bones. <laughs> God damn it! Now it's in your head. It is. It's in there. It's like what a man solo. <laughs> Oh, what a mighty good man, Solo. Uh, So, eventually, after much sniping and being a big dick to each other, Mm -hmm. they managed to get to the cave. Yeah. Now, at the cave... Nobody's uh, there. Nobody's there. They find a nice, empty cave. And it is huge, because they can get all of the Rancors in there, and they're like, oh, yeah, you could sit, like, one Rancor on top of the other one, you wouldn't hit the top of this cave. Yeah, it's a great big cave. And, and it very nice of Baruka, who gets to be here all on her own. Right when they were saying that, I was like, oh, it's Baruka's cave, and it's going to be, like, some small cave where she has to just hang out like a hermit. But this thing is massive. Well, yeah, she's Baruka Salt. She gets a she gets a fancy condominium from her daddy. Yeah, well, she wants it now. <laughs> Don't care how. <laughs> she wants it now. Uh, uh, so they get in there, and people kind of go off and do their own thing. Like, Han takes a torch and goes running around the cave. He's like, ooh, I want to look at a cave, because yeah. Han's a fucking six-year-old. Tenennial takes... There's a bunch of uh, marking rocks at the entrance of the cave, and she reverses their position. They're kind of... Uh, they're they're for they're in <laughs> yeah they're rocks that mean do not disturb or please clean this room yeah they're basically the equivalent of a sock on the doorknob no she they're they uh the cave the rocks mean either no one is here or this cave is occupied so she moves the rocks to a different arc that indicates yeah, that there's she people spells in there. out occupado with the rocks yeah it's basically so that no one is surprised when they come in there that yeah. I, I think that's basically the idea she's like i don't want baruka to just like walk in here and go oh who the fuck are all of these people and attempt to murder us i want her to have some warning yeah and then Luke is basically just chilling out and doing nothing in particular, where Isolder takes this as an opportunity to be near Leia, because I, I assume to lean on a wall so that she can't get past him. Well, like, at this point, everyone is fucking passing out, because yes. they're just super tired from riding on uh, Rancors all yeah. day. Now, before Baruka does show up, though, we get the... R- R2 notices something while he's he's doing an electronic search to see if there's, like, ATSTs or anything out in the jungle, but what he does pick up instead is that there are 14 fucking Star Destroyers in orbit. Yeah. And, you know, Isolder gets to go, uh, you know, maybe showing up with a fucking battle dragon wasn't the best idea. Yeah, because the first thing, like, they're like, okay, there are 14 new Star Destroyers up there. Two of them are super class. This is some shit. And, and Isolder's like, yeah, you know, now that I think about it, showing up with a full-on capital warship and having it launch a hit and fade attack was dumb because they were either going to abandon now that they know we know they're there or they were going to reinforce. Yeah, it was either... Well, fuck this place, we're not going to care about it, or, yes we do, and it's in the middle of Zinja's territory, which means the idea that he would just go, nah, I'll just not have this planet, it was kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. So now we know that there's no, it's going to be really hard to get off planet, too, because the sky is full of Star Destroyers. Yeah, and, you know, they're going, well, fucking Ta'a Chume is coming with a fleet of dragons, 
but that's not for another like seven days. Yeah. So and, and I mean the fleet of dragons is going to be nuts, but they're assuming that the night sisters are going to attack in three days. Yeah. So, so uh, they're like, well, we got to get the fuck out of here. ASAP pronto. I mean, couldn't they get here faster if Luke shared his astrogation data? That he well, he used? doesn't have astrogation data. He just has the Force. Presumably, they recorded the path he took, though. I mean, why wouldn't they? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't. Maybe it's impossible. The path was entirely reliant on where asteroids are and stuff like that, and it just didn't work oh, for yeah. him. Oh, yeah. He was just making micro-corrections as he was like, oh, in about like 20 minutes, there's going to be an asteroid over here, so we got to veer left a little. Yeah, I guess that, that kind of... I mean, if I didn't know that asteroids are actually extremely far apart 90% of the, 99% of the time, that like the asteroid belt that's around our, our solar system is like, oh, yeah, there's an asteroid every 100,000 miles. Yeah, but, you know, when you're going fucking... It's Star Wars, though. There's asteroids. Star Wars light speed. You yeah. don't want to fuck up and then accidentally go into a... Yeah, no, that asteroid. got me there. There's not, it was Star Wars, and we know that asteroids are close together because they go into an asteroid field at one point. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Plus, it would only be from the point where they were going. That is true. Although they would I believe, already be on some other path. I mean, the, the way they were going was from, ta- was from uh, Coruscant, and if, I don't re- if I'm not mistaken, that's where Tatume is. Yeah, but they were taking a safe known path, whereas he was just leading them wherever. That's true. They already left. Yeah. That, that much is true. That might not, they may not be able to use the data that's on that leftover battle dragon. To save them any time. No. Okay, so. Uh, uh, I just want to destroy all of your points in this episode. Oh, you're killing me, man. It doesn't hurt my feelings that bad. I will never yes and you. (laughs) That's the end of this yes and. But John, I'm President Abraham Lincoln, and I'm here to pick up an ice cream scoop. No, this is a bowling alley, and you're Tucker Carlson. Oh, I hate being Tucker Carlson. (laughs) So does Tucker Carlson. I know, that's that's good improv. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, basically, if Baruka shows up, uh, well, I mean, before that, we do oh, get a the, little the, bit of business—the business with the the monster in the water. Yeah, we get right. a couple scenes that are cool. One is Han comes running back after shooting his blaster, like, "Oh fuck, a monster!" And we learn that Rancor are intelligent to a fairly high degree. Yeah, surprise! Like she's sitting there telling them a story around the campfire. Yeah, Tasha's. So, uh, Tenennial starts uh, like translating. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh yeah, Tosh, this old Rancor is currently telling all of these young uh, Rancors in her brood that uh, they need to be nice to the sisters because they saved them and made their uh, brood strong, and they owe everything to them, and they should be loyal even if it means sacrificing themselves and which is very weird but sure why not it's like the only story they ever tell and uh, l- let me tell you the tale of the night sisters we have to kill ourselves for it's very strange good, good sisters whatever the rancor are that intelligent yeah it's surprising although i i feel like this book is definitely playing around with the concept of animal intelligence ever since we encountered the blue desert people yeah that, that there's a lot more intelligence that's being ascribed to the animals here than you would normally see. Anyway, Tenennial goes over to tell them that, like, well, she tells Han and Luke and everybody, first of all, that, like, oh, yeah, we left that gross worm monster in the in the uh, water over there in case any rancors needed to eat it later. Yeah, we, <laughs> we literally left a monster in that lake because we thought it might be good rancor eaten. And then, How lucky for us that it is still alive and there. Also, that's this is also where we banished this witch to, so... Those two things definitely shouldn't cause problems in in 
I mean, we put her near. We put a giant monster in the only source of fresh water that we made a live a witch near live li- yeah. live near near live live near near nearby live a nearby witch live. <laughs> ah, that nearby live witch. The nearby witch is live twenty four hours a day. <laughs> Five ninety nine for a private chat. Hun- hundreds of beautiful witches and three ugly night sisters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Tenennial's like, hey, you want to go? Eat a big lake monster to, to the to, to the to the, hey, the rancors, and they're good like, news. "Yes, I do." And they go charging off to go eat the lake monster. And I also do like that before Baruka shows shows up, Luke is like being a teacher. He's sitting there with Tenennial and even like a soldier, and going like, "Here, let me teach you the ways of the Force and like what it means to be all cool and in the Force." And here's some tricks you can do and. I want to be a teacher. Like, it's... Luke is the only character in this book that gets good business. Yeah. Yeah. Chewbacca gets no business, which is pretty close to good business. Oh, it's about the best business you can get in this is zero business. Yeah. No business, the best business I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's it's good work if you can get it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's teaching uh, Tenennial and Isolder about basic force stuff. Yeah. And then Baruka shows up and she's like, whoa, what is everybody doing in my cave? And she's like, ah, I'm a scary monster, the witch. And they're like, whoa, calm down. Oh, yeah. Leia has to be like, oh, before I even saw her, I could feel the fucking dark energy coming off of this lady. She is a powerful force witch, which is weird that you didn't notice her until she got into the cave. But, you know, whatever. So how powerful is she? Well, she's she's definitely feeling really bad, and she wants to come around to the light side, but it's hard because she's already sold herself out to the dark. She's all puffy and ugly looking, apparently. That's what the Force did to her yeah, so far. she looks all bruised. Yeah, she looks all bruised. So she's like, what are you doing here? And they basically spill the plan to her, and she's like, you're going to the prison? The prison? And then creates a sand sculpture of the prison with the Force? Yeah, she basically has a freak out both on the fact that they're going to go to the prison and that Luke is here. Because she's like, oh, the guy who's supposed to come from the stars and destroy our society. Fuck yes, I love it. Yeah, she's super excited about that. So she basically shows them the prison's layout by doing the same technology that Black Panther, the Black Panther movie has. Oh, yeah, she just kind of does a weird chant and like waves her staff and all of the dirt around her rises up into a version of all of the terrain near yeah. the prison. A perfect topographic map of the prison and the terrain surrounding the prison and all of the vehicles and troops of the prison and where they are right now. And it's they're cl- walking around. Like, yeah, she's got little dirt guys walking around. It's quite good. There's even little hovering vehicles that are moving around above the rest of the sand. It's she uh, really, it's real impressive. She's very good at her ver- at this particular spell. Yeah, and she gives them basically the rundown of the prison layout and where everyone is in it. And she's like, "Stay out of this area. That's where Geth Zarion is. Uh, this le- this area right here. There's the ATST." And then she bonks it, and it smashes. And she's like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" <laughs> <laughs> but you know, then you get like. Han and his soldier basically just get to go, all right, well, this is too defensible, and this is way out in the open, so we'll we'll have to come around this way and go up through this tower. And Well, I hate that plan. That's the plan a wimp would do. A plan that wants to, uh, the, the, for someone who would want to impress Princess Leia would do is this plan. Thankfully, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that it doesn't. No, you would assume that if the two of them were trying to come together and be like, oh, we need to do a thing, they would just immediately go, Oh, well, that seems like a coward's way to get through here. That's a great plan for someone who wants to die. Oh, that's a great plan for a clown to have for the circus. Oh, idiot. Idiot. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, okay. <laughs> they they kind of build their plan together, and then <sighs> we find out some interesting things about Baruka. First of all, she's like, I can't go with you. I'm too scared, and I'm I'm trying so hard to not be dark side anymore, and I can't go anywhere near them. And also, Gethzerian is constantly calling me in my own head. Yes, and Luke's like, wow, you're very powerful if you can hear her all the way from here. And then Tadaniel finally goes, oh yeah, Baruka is Gethzerian's sister. And it's like, that's that point, really good information. Yeah, I'm like, you have to just sort of turn your head and be like, well, thanks for letting me know. Hey, did you know the one thing that the books keep hammering home? It's that Jedi shit is dynastic. <laughs> it's really important for you to tell us if she's extra powerful because she's related to an extra powerful Jedi. Well, also... Speaking of dynastic and being related to people, mm-hmm. oh, we've got some business to take care of. Uh, okay, so while Luke sits down to start teaching everyone how to heal themselves, kind of. Like, he literally just kind of runs his face, uh, or hand along Baruka's face, and she already looks better. Yeah, and but then, you know, they go off and they're like, hey, let's let's try and teach you how to not be evil. Yeah, now he'll come back towards the end of the horrible conversation that's about to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, they're all sitting together, yes. but his business is focused on her. But, but here's the conversation. To... <sighs> Isolder is trying to convince everyone that that a divine ruling or that a bread ruling class is not only essential but obvious. That kings are raised to be kings and bred for kingship and therefore deserving of kingship over people who were not. Well, yeah, because this all comes from the whole conversation of like, oh well, you know, rancors. You you've bred the best one so that you have you know the biggest and the and the best rancors and they're amazing. You know. Leaders are also like that, and you're like, hold on, did you, did you just say leaders are like pack animals? And he's like, oh yes, mm. that is literally exactly what I said. Everyone is raised for their purpose. A baker is raised to be a baker. They're bred for it. After not <laughs> generation, <laughs> bred for it. <laughs> bread, <laughs> bread stick around for more jokes like that. Uh, no, they. <laughs> They're bred for it. Everyone is bred to their ideal role. After enough generations, people simply become the best at what they are. I know several merchants who I think are exceptional leaders, but I would not trust them to run a government. They're too interested in facts and figures. (laughs) They would run it like a business, and we can't have that. And Leia's kind of like, well, I don't believe in this. I mean, that's voting is important. And I mean, the weird thing to me is that the response from Isolder is like, well, you're obviously a weird person to say that. You're a princess. And she's like, I'm famously adopted. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm extremely famously adopted. And I'm not- never mentions that. Yeah. <laughs> that never comes up. Maybe because, I mean, they knew. Everyone knew at this point. Yeah. I. That is an issue because, like, the thing that Isolder says is like, oh, well, you were, you know, raised to be a leader and... You know, all the people around you know that you're the best and they want you to be the ambassador for Alderaan. And uh, they realize that because you were like that, you're the best around. And she's like, I'm second generation Tatooine dirt farm. Yeah. I'm liter- literally, my grand, my father was a slave. Exactly. At that point, you're like, oh, uh, you realize you just argued for nurture instead of nature because everyone wants me to be that because I was raised to be a leader, not born to be one. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, her mother was a senator from Naboo. To be fair. To be fair. Although no one who was writing this book knew that. No. At the time of this book, no one knew who Vader's uh, lover was. And eventually they did settle on some woman who had magic healing Jedi powers from a whole culture of women who had magic healing Jedi powers. Blech. Because anytime you met female Jedi in the expanded universe, they were always like, 
Oh, we are from a culture of healers and spellcasters. We use enigmatic lady magic instead of the regular stuff. <laughs> My yoni magic is so mysterious. That's That was basically, the Night Sisters are one example of it. I forget what the, I think they're called the Jedi or something like that or another. Uh, oh man, the Jedi is from this. Oh, is it? Okay. But there was the, the people who were Luke's mom, they, they were a, a race of like yellow magic Jedi healers. Good. Great. Yeah. So, anyway, th- we have a long discussion about the divine right of kings. Yeah, Isolder is just basically like, yeah, you know, uh, rulers get to pick who they want to have sex with, which means they always get the best. Yeah, and Tenennial pops up and she's like, I find it weird that you're being so patriarchal given that you come from a matriarchal society, and also very weird that you judge my society for being matriarchal when you follow the direct, uh, the uh, absolute directives of a queen mother. Yeah, she's and- like, you've been calling us barbarians and you do literally the exact same thing we do. And Leia's like, I love this woman. This is great. I wish she got naked around me more. <laughs> uh, but, you the know. Soldier's entire point has to be like, well, if you look at it from a certain point of view, I have the most power because, you see, I get to decide who's going to be the next queen mother. And Tenetiel just just like, ha, you have the most power. Yeah, you go ahead and keep telling yourself that, honey. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you. You got so much power. Oh, look at you. Ooh. Your dick is so powerful. Yes, he is. Oh, God. <laughs> I love that Tenennial just immediately deflates his dumb argument. Yeah, and like everyone, even Chewbacca's laughing at him. This is, yeah. Again, this is a Chewbacca, great moment. Again, the only thing he does in these chapters is, ha! Yeah, <laughs> just pops up briefly. Ah, burn. <laughs> right back to what he was doing. Exactly. I, but, I, mean, I love that. I wanted so much more deflation in this because he's sitting there Unchallenged, not only unchallenged in in talking about the divine right and how he's bred to rule, and of course that means that people should welcome his rule. The 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 one person who's on his side out of everyone is fucking Luke. Yeah, and Luke's like, well, you know, he's got a point. You know, that if you look at animals, you know, there's certain things that if you think genetically breed, like say appearance and charisma and your ability to think logically, if that breeds true, then you know, sure, the leaders might have that. No one ever points out the obvious flaw in this plan, which is that there's never enough of a leader class to build a sta- stable breeding population. If you follow along with the, oh, yes, for 20 generations, we have all been the leaders of society, you wind up with Habsburgs. Yeah, but I mean, at least in Star Warsian stuff, it's always like, oh, yeah, we found someone to be our new queen. Like, at least... It's not, but he's yeah. not supposed to be doing that. He's supposed to be marrying his dumb cousin or something. Well, you don't like, know he's that. Breaking. You don't no, know. We do. They, they you don't it. know hate law. We know. <laughs> I, you know what? I am the foremost expert on hate law, and I also know that Tachume had a wife planned out for him, and she's not especially happy about what's going on here. Yeah, but you don't know who that wife was. Yes, we do. They mention it. It's like a, like a descendant of one of his aunts or something. Uh, it's someone who's already in the Hapes nobility. Uh, the, they're, she's trying to breed herself a nice, dumb Habsburg so she can stay in power longer. Uh, bring b- bubbles. <laughs> I am king. Yeah, good. Very good, sir. Bring forth the firmest of pudding. I'm feeling chewy today. <laughs> I've gone and shat. <laughs> I farted and shitted and camed in my pants. <laughs> Please come and tend to this at once. <laughs> Like, uh, like they, they don't mention this, and they should because every single society in Star Wars is one that's lasted 7,000 years or, more, or longer. Yeah, but at that point, you got to go, we haven't had the Habsburgs, so maybe in Star Wars society it doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, I guess the Punnett squares are all real different when it comes to breeding patterns in Star Wars. Plus, sure. you, can, you can say, you know, Luke's probably on his side because he goes, look, man, for everything that I have been shown, 
Force power is genetic. So who the fuck knows if leadership is genetic? Yeah. I don't know. Why not? Uh, thankfully, this eventually gets deflated. The one, the, the other bit of deflation I wanted here was for him to be like, yes, obviously, I'm a bred and born leader. I'm a natural mastermind of all things leadership. And for her to be like, you spent the whole day splashing my boyfriend. <laughs> your, your divine leadership was getting into a slap fight with Han and slapping the reins out of his hand like a childish grade school. Honestly, I'm frankly amazed that you were resisted the impulse to pull my pigtail and run away giggling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just hit me with bread and run away. I, I'm very surprised that the whole day you didn't try and show me your dick. You weren't like, oh, you want to try some of this popcorn I brought on the Rancor? I'm keeping it on my lap where it's warm. Ow, 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 ow. ow. oil this, from the popcorn hurting my dick. Terrible idea. Oh, no, why did I put so much fake butter on this? Oh, why did I put raisinets in here? <laughs> oh, no, I've got a chocolate raisin dick now. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Chocolate Raisin Dick. <laughs> Spokesman for all things Raisin Dick. <laughs> uh, chocolate Raisin Dick, Chocolate Raisin Dick. Yeah, all right, so the next thing that happens is that Gethzerion gives them the plans for how they need to invade the place. Baruka. Baruka. Gethzerion doesn't do it. She's over there screaming and making storms. Yeah, she's all over there being all angry. Yeah, and we, I believe, we're pretty much done at this point, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it basically just ends with Luke trying to give uh, Baruka some hope and be like, Oh, yeah. Look, uh, you know, no matter how far gone you are, I know that, you know, there can still be good in you. And Baruka's like, okay, but what about other people? Like, can, can they be redeemed? And Luke's just going, look, if you feel that there is any good left in someone then there's always hope. Yeah. You know, maybe they've given themselves entirely over to evil and mm -hmm. there's no bringing them back, but if you can sense any good, then go ahead and try and get them. Yeah, you can at least give it a try, but if it's not working, then you probably got to kill them because they're still your your enemies. So he and, and she's like, what about me? Is there any hope I could ever be light side again? And he's like, yeah, totally. The fact, the fact that you're even trying means that there's some hope for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me tell you the little story of a guy I turned back to the light side for the last 20 seconds before he died. <laughs> <laughs> my one success story. Let me tell you all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute just sit right there. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much how we close out the chapter. He begins teaching uh, Isolder and Tenennial and Baruka some basic Jedi techniques. Yeah. He's like, look. They also do have to send a message to Ogwen that they're going to raid the prison, which thankfully one of Tenennial's many spells is the power of having a cell phone. Uh, what you think? Why wouldn't they just take some walkie-talkies out of the Falcon and leave one with Ogwin? But I, I don't know. Maybe well, the because then your signal will get picked up by those 14 fucking Star Destroyers. Ah, fair point. Fair point indeed. They can't use cool electrical uh, shenanigans. Like, they're already slightly worried that they'll pick up two droids on an entire planet, so... Yes, sir. These two droids. I mean, if they could pick up droids on the planet, then the movies would have never happened, because they would have just been like, where are they? Oh, they're right there in the desert. You can easily see them from the Star Destroyer. Yeah, and we don't also... Have to, we don't have to send down Davin Felth to be like, look, sir, droids. Yeah, we knew it was droids, you dumb shit. But the other thing is, like, it would be one thing if this was just a completely abandoned planet that only had, like, the Night Sisters and the witches and everything on there, mm -hmm. so that... Any electronic signal, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's obviously the droids. Except there's a prison where fucking ATSTs and land speeders and all sorts of communication devices are sitting around, which means... And not under the control of the Empire, either. No, so which they means if they go, oh, we've, we've found some sort of droid, maybe, it's mostly just electrical power coming from somewhere. Like, okay, is it 
anything? Can you tell is it an AT- ATST? Is it is it a speeder? Is it one of the assholes we left down there? Tell me more about this source of power you've detected. Sir, it's registering extremely off the charts in sassiness. <laughs> My oh, God. We, we found C-3PO. <laughs> Only one droid could be that sassy. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, and then I'm just imagining their monitor like flips open. Hey, <laughs> my God! <laughs> oh my! <laughs> it seems you found me. Here, take a look at the good side. <laughs> C- Sassy three PO out. <laughs> I was bored with this conversation before it began. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there you go. There's the end of the chapter. I'm fluent in over six million forms of shade. <laughs> Good. The end. That's the end of the chapter. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Who knows what's going to happen next on Star Wars, the courtship of Princess Leia. I mean, assumably they go to a prison? Probably. Yeah, I think they go to a prison and get into a fight with some dark Jedi and stuff. Uh, Probably. 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 I've got more than two problems. I I wonder if Baruch is going to show back up and be like, hey, it's me. I'm here to redeem myself. I assume so. I assume she'll probably redeem herself in death, because that's how every Dark Jedi works. Pretty much, yeah. But who knows? And also, who knows what's going to be in our bonus content? Only you and me. Only us. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, if you want to get that sweet bonus content where we deep dive into Wikipedia to find the dumbest possible stories and bring them to you, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and pledge at the measly $2 per episode level. Now, once again, just as a reminder, $2 per episode is not $2 per every single one of the 300 episodes of podcasting we make every month, but rather per each episode of just System Mastery, which means most of the time it's 4 bucks a month. You can afford 4 bucks a month. That's... Not even one stupid Starbucks coffee. <laughs> Not even one single stupid Starbucks coffee. Nope, no Surrey Bob. It's cheap. So join on in, get the extra bonus content where we go into a Wikipedia deep dive and bring that to you. Once again, patreon.com slash system mastery. That's right. And of course, you can check out all of our other stuff. Go to systemmasterypodcast.com. All of our stuff is there. The movie mastery, the system mastery, all of our nonsense goes up there. Mm-hmm. And... Ooh, baby. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. We can find us on Reddit. Yeah, you can find us by just emailing us at systemmastery at gmail.com. We're very easy to find. We're so easy to find. We're so easy to touch. So easy to reach out and touch. Yeah. Maybe we won't respond to you. Maybe it's because we don't like you. Yeah. (laughs) Probably it's because of something you did. Yeah, it's almost definitely your own fault. So think and evaluate. That's why Jeff and I are getting a divorce, and it's something you did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now we want you to know it is your fault and we also do both love you slightly less yeah <laughs> and we don't plan to do the thing where we give you increasingly uh extravagant gifts to try and win your love back because we don't want it yeah in fact both of us are moving out of the house and we aren't going to tell you where we're going <laughs> we're giving you up to the dogs <laughs> by the way we're leaving the dogs <laughs> we're <laughs> leaving the dogs we've made them starving <laughs> and we've only showed them pictures of you to attack <laughs> Hope you have lots of pictures of yourself to keep them staved off for a while. Yep. And otherwise, thank you so much for listening to Expounded Universe. As always, I've been Elan Sleazebagiano, and I love Death Sticks. Ooh, a classic. Ooh, ooh, that that classic Elan. Yeah, that doesn't get much uh, older fashion than that.